You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Satan is the devil. Satan, according to John 8 and 44, is a murderer, a liar. And now these are Jesus' words, not Walker's words. Jesus went so far to say that he was a liar from the beginning. And he can't stand in truth because truth is just not in him. But I want to take you to a couple of passages that identify what Satan does to God's children. I want to take you to a couple of passages. Let's first go to the book of 1 Chronicles 21. 1 Chronicles 21. And we're going to start at verse 1, 1 Chronicles 21 and 1. Ready? Now Satan stood up against Israel. And notice what he did. And moved David to number Israel. Let's talk about this David for a minute. The Bible identifies David as the sweet psalmist of Israel. God alluded to David as being a man after his own heart. The heart, in one sense, representing choices. Attitude, feelings, and so forth. Bottom line, God looked for David to choose right over wrong. To choose his will over someone else's will. But now notice what happens here in reference to what Satan did to David. Say, move David to number Israel. Verse 2. So David said to Joab and to the leaders of the people, Go number Israel from Beersheba to Dan and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. And Joab answered, May the Lord make his people a hundred times more than they are. But my Lord the king, are they not all my Lord's servants? Why then does my Lord require this thing? Why should he be a cause of guilt in Israel? Anyway, Joab, Joab was discerning something right here. And so he just simply asked the king, hey, why, why are you doing this? What's going on here? 
Number four. A verse number four. Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Therefore, Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. Then Joab gave the sum of the number of the people to David. All Israel had one million and one hundred thousand men who drew the sword, and Judah had four hundred and seventy thousand who drew the sword. But he did not count Levi and Benjamin among them, for the king's word was, help me, to Joab. He knew it wasn't something right. It, the word was tainted. It wasn't, it wasn't a clean or holy word. The word of the king was unsacred. Yeah. Verse 7. And God was displeased with this thing. Therefore he struck Israel. So David said to God, I have sinned. Notice how. Great. But who moved him to sin? Satan. Satan is nothing to play with. You don't say stuff like, bring it on, Satan. Bring your best shot. Satan ain't nothing for you to be playing with. Watch your words. Here we have a man again that God alluded to as having, having a heart like his. But David recognized that Satan caused him to sin and not just sin, sin greatly. And let me read verse 8 in its entirety. So David said to God, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing. But now I pray, take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. David knew he had messed up and asked God to forgive him and, and just kept saying, it's my fault. It's my fault. I messed up. But Satan moved him to sin. Moved him to do something that was in contrast to the will of God. And I don't care how powerful you think you are. Satan will move you to do what God has not ordered you to do. And hopefully, if he does do it, you'll be like David and say, Lord, I, I, I'm wrong. Because <laughs> some folk, Satan can get them to do wrong, but they still act like they're right. That's another subject. Let me take you to my next passage. Let's go to Job, the second chapter. Satan ain't nothing to play with, is he? Job, chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 4. So Satan answered the Lord and said, 
Skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh. And he's going to curse you to your face. And this is what, this is what that lie you say in the God. You allow Job's to be touched in his bone and in his body, and he'll curse you out. That's in y'all about? Look at it again, verse 5. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, but spare his life. God gave him permission. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful balls from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And Job took for himself a potsherd with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and what? Now, now notice she, she operated in the vein of the devil. Because the devil unsaid to God, he's going to curse you to your face if you touch his body and his bone. And here his wife come like she, uh, she the partner of the devil. And that's all. Now, Satan said he's going to curse you, and so now his wife come in encouraging him to do the will of the devil. Women, y'all to be ashamed of yourself. Notice, notice this right here. Verse 10. But Job said to his wife, you speak. As one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God. And shall we not accept adversity. And notice this. In all this Job did not sin with his help man. He didn't curse God. Satan said he would. But guess what? He didn't. Job stood his ground. Satan even used his wife. But Job still said I ain't moving. See, you can't let nobody, including your boo, move you from your set place. You can't let your cousin who, who is a brother, who is like a brother to you, move you from your set place. You have to stay in the will of God no matter how tough it gets. Even if you are experienced the worst in your, in your body, in your mind or in some other aspect of your life. How many are understanding? Another question. How many are receiving? Say to somebody real quick. Don't let it. Don't let Satan move you. From your set place. He did not curse God. He did not say a word he had no business saying with his lips. Even though his wife tried to take him now. 
even though Satan tried to take him there. He would not go. What has happened a long time ago, but we got to get Job a hand. Good God, Job. Woo! You are an example. And so back in Luke 22, the Lord said again to, to Simon, who we primarily know as Peter, Satan done asked for you. He done asked for you. You have come up in a conversation going on between God and Satan. Your name came up like Joel's name came up. Satan, Simon, desires to sift you as wheat. To sift, number one means to riddle or to affect someone. You know, when you sift flour, you, you, you change the makeup of the flour. You want to make sure that if, if it's something that needs to be separated from the pure flour, you do so with the sift. So you cause a change to take place. Say he wanted to change Peter. And because of Satan, he wanted to change Peter for the worse. So when Satan is trying to sift somebody, he's trying to change the person for the worse. I need to get to her mind. I need to change her thinking for the worse. She always quotes scripture. I need to change that. I need to change him into a doomsday prophet. He been talking better is here and better is coming too long. I need to change that. I need to sift. She just too encouraging with her testimonies. I, I got to change her because folks starting to listen to her testimonies and they starting to get their healing. They starting to get their deliverance. I got to change her testimony. The way she living at home, she going to mess around her husband going to get sanctified. I got to change this woman. I got, I got to cause this woman to do something bad at the house because if she don't do nothing bad, her husband going to mess around and get saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. With the initial evidence speaking in tongues. He on a roll. He been giving God his tithes and offerings. And, and he ain't been holding back. He been doing that for six years. Since he been saved. I, I got to change that. I got to turn into. I got to turn him into one of my disciples. I'm a thief. I want him to be a thief. 
And so he, he looks for folk to sift. But to sift also means to damage. Wants to damage. Hurt. Injure. Or even destroy. A child of God. Simon, he wants to sift you as wheat. But I done prayed for you. I done prayed for you. And, and how many know that, that when it comes to Jesus, even now, he, he is the intercessor. Bible talks of how he is at the right hand of the throne of God, making intercession for the saints of God according to the will of God. The written and the revealed. So Jesus is praying that you get your better. Praying that you get your healing. Don't you ever think that, that you just have folk on earth making intercession for you. No, Jesus is making intercession for you according to the will of God. That's the reason it needs to be in your mindset that, that no matter what, God's will is going to be done for my life. And that's the, that's the reason Jesus was so strong when it came to the word or the will of God. Remember what he said in Matthew 24 and 35? Heaven and earth shall pass, but not, not my word, not the will of God, not the will of God. Storms may roar. Winds may blow and they may come your way. But as long as you as long as you are in the will of God, the storm is not gonna move you. The wind is not going to move you. Why? Because the best and the safest place to be is in the written and the revealed will of God. Whoo, that's encouraging. Say to somebody, I don't care what you're going through. Stay in the will of God. Shout it at somebody else. I don't care what you're going through. Stay in the will of God. Tell them why they need to stay in the will of God. It's the best and the safest place to be. And so he, he done pray. He said, I, I done prayed for you, Peter. And he told him specifically what, what he had prayed for. He, he said, Peter, I, I done prayed that your faith does not fail. See, Jesus knew that Peter had been getting the word because he was giving him the word. And you know, the Bible says in Romans 10 and 17, so then faith comes by and hearing the word of God. But then Romans 1 and 17 tells us when it comes to faith or the word of God, we have to live by it. Now, though he was getting the word of God, he had to live by it. He said, I've been praying, Peter, that your faith does not fail. I've been praying that you'll keep living based upon my teaching. Peter, I've been praying that you're going to keep thinking. Talking, 
and doing what I've been preaching. Peter, I've been praying that you're going to keep thinking, talking, and doing what I've been preaching. Woo! Let's bring it to the house. Brian, Satan not asked for you. He want to sift you as weak. Brother Powell, Satan been asking for you. He want to sift you as weak. Deacon Mullen, he been asking for you by name. But I done pray that your faith fail not. When he come, don't let him change your mind. When he come, don't let him cause you to talk something other than the word of God. When he comes, don't allow him to get you off the path that God has put you on. Because that's what he desires. He wants to sift you as we, he, he wants to get you to talking against them. Wants you to get to talking against him being Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals you. Wants you to get to talking against Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides for you. He wants to sift you as weak. And, and, and the way some of you are looking at me right now, he, he been working on you. Who he been working on some folk in here. It, it, it may not be him personally, but he done sent some demons trying to sift you. Trying to get you to talk what you ain't got no business saying. Trying to get you to think what you ain't got no business. Trying to get you to do what you ain't got no business doing. Oh, some of y'all are too quiet. I said some of y'all are too quiet. He been working on somebody in the house. He been working on somebody in this section. Somebody in this section. Maybe three or four in this section. I don't know. But Satan has been looking for somebody to self. I don't guess that you better wash your mouth. Don't seem like you better watch your mouth. The sift is trying to get to you. Then he turned around and he told Peter. He, he said, but I done prayed for you. He said, I done prayed for you. And when you return. Uh oh. He done prayed for him, but now, then he shifts and says, But when you return, that means what he'd been praying. It ain't that Jesus is not a powerful intercessor. No. But Peter is just not going to continue walking in the word despite. The prayer. You can fast seven days for folk that they still may do the wrong thing. If that's their mentality. 
Some folk like it or not, you're just going to have to let them go through what they go through. So they can just learn because they ain't going to listen. And see, Peter is a prime example here in the text. Now, after Jesus and told him he done prayed for him, then Jesus tells him before Peter gets to utter anything out of his mouth, when you return, let him know you're going to fail, though. So Peter, his response said, look, hey, I'm good. I'm good, and I'm with you 100%. I got your back, Jesus. I got your back. Hey, I'm the one. I got your back. I'm willing not only not not only to go to prison with you if it come down to that, but I'll die for you. And thought he was gonna move Jesus to say, "Okay, Peter, that's good. That's wonderful." Jesus said, "Peter, this day." This day, Peter, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me repeatedly. That's what you're going to do, Peter. You're going to deny me repeatedly. Now, What Peter said sounded good, but he was operating in the vein of Satan because he was lying to his Lord. And and sometimes you get saints that get caught up and, and they'll say something that sound good, but it ain't nothing but Satan. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to prove this. Let's let's look at the conclusion. Consider Luke 22. We're going to start at verse 54. And having arrested him with Jesus, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Oh, Peter, you, you say you're going to be with the man now, ready to go to prison. Why you ain't up there beside him? Why you back there looking like you peeping or something? Well, if he follow him at a distance, you know what he's doing? He peeping. But, but if you go, but if you're willing to go with somebody to prison and to death, you're going to be right there. Beside them. He all in the vein of Satan. Verse 55. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl seeing him as he sat by the fire looked intently at him and said, This man was also with Jesus. Oh Lord, y'all, hold on. Verse 57. But Peter, help me, denied him saying, woman, I don't not know him. I don't know him. Oh, Lord, he'll go to prophecy coming to pass. 
they go to prophecy being fulfilled. That's sad, isn't it? Verse 58. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You also are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Say to your neighbor, Say, Got him. He's sifting him. Look at how he's changing. One minute he talking bold. Talking about what he going to do. But look at the sifting that is taking place. He's changing him. His whole talk has changed. Man, I don't know him. That's sad, isn't it? Verse 59. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed saying, Surely this fellow also was with him. For he is a Galilean. Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster Crowed. And the Lord turned. Woo. And looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said to him before the rooster crows, You will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. He wouldn't even go to the Lord. He just left. Coward soldier. I'm willing to go to prison and to die. Fight. And end up crying like a little boy. And left. Jesus. But Jesus had told him that's what was going to happen. Satan sifted him. He sifted him. See, see, we, we have to learn from the text, though. And so looking back at the text, Peter, number one, <coughs> should have listened to the Lord. See, see, you gotta listen to what the Lord is saying. You got to listen to what he's saying directly or indirectly. If the Lord is, is telling you you're healed, if, if he's just saying you're healed, you accept that. You, you listen to that and say, Lord said I was healed. Lord said better is here. Even if worse shows up, Again and again and again. Even if you lose this, that, or the other. You still hold on to what God told you. 
what God promised you. Why? Second Corinthians 1 and 20. All of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Say to your neighbor, you got to hold on to, to the promise of God. Look at all that Joel went through, but he held on to the promise of God because he kept talking about who God was. He kept talking. I know my Redeemer lives. Why did he keep talking such? Because he listened to the word. And what was in him, it came out during his toughest time. See what I'm preaching to you right now. You're going to have to use it. Because Satan going to come and, and try to sift you. But you're going to have to stand on what God has been giving you. Despite what you go through. He should have listened. And see one of the biggest problems with saints of God. Is that they do not listen. When something significant. An essential is being said. See, see, the word is something we gotta live by. Remember what, what I said earlier, Matthew 4 and 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You gotta understand something. The word is something you need to take sincerely. You need to heed in a serious way. Why? Because the word is that which you're going to have to live by. Whether things are wonderful or everything that can go wrong is taking place in your life. He should listen. He should listen to me. Second thing, when Jesus told him, I've been praying for you. He should, thank you, Jesus. Woo, Lord, thank you for praying for me. Lord, I know. If you praying for me and I stay in the will of God, everything going to work out well. Oh, God, thank you for praying for me, Jesus. Not one time do you see in the text him thanking Jesus for praying for him. Not one time. Not, not, not one time do we see that he, he was conscious of how important it was for Jesus to be interceding for him. I'm going to tell you something. When you get to going through trials and tribulations, you, you got to remember you got a pastor praying for you. Me and you may not talk every day. We may not talk uh, every month. But you got to know every single day I'm praying for you. Hold your claps. More than that, you have to know that you got elders that are praying for you. You got leaders that are praying for you. You got saints of God that are praying for you. They may not specifically call out your name, but they call out your church. And because you are a member of that church, they are saying, Lord, bless every member of the church. Make sure they get that better. Make sure they do this, that, and the other. Lord, help sisters that I don't even know to prosper this day to receive the benefits that you would have them to receive. But more so than people in the church praying for you, you have Jesus praying for you. Not only that, when you get in prayer and you allow the Spirit of God to have His way in your life, the Spirit of God will start praying for you. 
Start praying for you in ways you can't even pray for yourself. He wasn't conscious of that. See, see, I know that if I got, I got my, my brothers and sisters praying for me, that that's stopping a whole lot of demons. You hear me? You have to value the prayer of your brothers and sisters. That prayer is so powerful to where Jesus himself said, if two or three of you agree as touching anything that you ask on earth, it'll be done. That's the reason when I tell you to pray for me, I, I, ain't, I ain't playing around. I want you to pray. I ain't asking you to put on no sackcloth and, and put no ashes on top of your head. I, I just need you to pray. If you mess around and, and get in the car and forget to pray, pray on, pray going up out 20. Lord, bless the pastor. Help him whatever he need today. Give it to him. But I, when I tell you to pray for me, pray for me. I'm not above prayer. I need your prayers. Man, I pray for you every single day. Pastor didn't come see me. Yeah, but I was praying for you. I don't miss a day praying for you. First thing I do when I get up is brush these teeth, fall on my face, and pray. Worship. And it ain't no two-minute worship. I'm pastor. I got to pray for you until a breakthrough comes. You hear me? That's what God has ordained for me to do as the shepherd of the house. He should have thanked Jesus for praying for him. And lastly, in my clothes, he should have lived according to the meaning of his name. It, you, you know, when, when it comes to the Bible, Names are important. See, even, even when the Bible was translated from ancient languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, Greek, and even some languages that, that to this day are not understood. Holy men of God took the time to really hear the Spirit of God because they, because they couldn't find certain things just by research. That's the reason the Bible says when, when it comes to how the word was written, that people were inspired or they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And see, that's significant because the Holy Spirit, according to John 16 and 13, guides us into all truth. And so what they had to do, they, they had to make sure when, when, when it came to, to defining God, that they use terminology so people that would read the word of God would understand from 
a human standpoint exactly who God is. And so, and so that's the reason, like, in the Old Testament, you get that God is, I am. I am simply being. I will be who I need to be. I will do who, I will do what I need to do. Why? Because I am. I do not change. But then when, when he turned around and he blessed Abram, Abraham, provided for him, we have to call him. Jehovah, Yireh, or English translation, Jehovah, Jireh, God will provide. Then when Jesus showed up, we, we know he's going to be Emmanuel. God wealth us. But we have to give him a name that's going to depict his assignment on earth so folk can understand the power of what he came to do. And so the name Jesus was given, which simply means Savior. The one who came to save folk. And didn't he save us out of our mess? And when it comes to, to Simon, his name simply means the one that hears and obeys. The one that hears and obeys. He messed up. He didn't listen. He should have listened to what Jesus said. Then he should have walked therein. Say to your neighbor, we can't make the same mistake. See, see, when you're, you're fighting something, you, you gotta remember your, your name. From a Christian standpoint, you're more than a. That, that means, I'm gonna defeat this thing. I'm more than a conqueror. But, but see, if you acting like a wimp, that means you ain't living up to your name. God says you more than, but hey, you here crying like a little old girl? Oh, y'all don't want to get with me over here. So I'm going to go over here. See, see, if, if, you, if the name assigned to you is more than a conqueror, that's what you walk in. Am I right? Some of y'all back in that little area right there, y'all still ain't with me. You have to know who you are in God. You can't just you can't just say that that you are a mighty man if you don't understand what that means. You'll be like Gideon when 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 he was called a mighty man of valor by the angel. Gideon was like me. You got to be out your mind. That that ain't me. Cause look at what I'm going through. What you're going through does not define who you are in. Oh, you claps in God's eyes. You are defined in God's eyes based upon his word. Just like David, when he was out there, when he was out there raking sheep dung and clipping the sheep, 
when Samuel showed up with the oil, he was looking for the anointed of God. Literally, he wasn't no shepherd. He was keeping, he was keeping his daddy's sheep. The daddy was the shepherd. He was the helper. But when Samuel showed up, he was looking for the anointed of God. I'm looking for the anointed of God because I've got to confirm his confirmation. And I'm, and I know he's here because I've been lifting up the vessel to pour the oil upon his head. But every time I lift it to pour it on the ones who I thought were the anointed, the oil would not come out. I'm trying to get the oil to come out, but it won't come out on these because they are not anointed. You got anybody else? Yeah, I got David, but he out there with the sheep. Well, tell him to come on in. See, his daddy didn't even know his true identity. But as soon as he walked in the house and Samuel the prophet got the vessel and he began to hold it on the top of his head, then the oil started to pour out. And it got David from his crown to the sole of his feet. And Samuel decreed, this is the anointed of God. You have to know who you are. And when you know who you are, you start walking in it. Yeah, you know, we poet folk. We poet in Manasseh. That, that was, that was uh, Gideon's word. That, that don't need to be our word. We are blessed. I said we are blessed. We are blessed. God will speak who you are before it starts manifesting in your life. Mary was a common girl. But when the angel showed up, the angel looked at her and said, Highly favored of God. That's who you are. You done been picked. You are highly favored of God. The one thing I loved about Mary, when the angel kept talking, Mary started looking at herself in a different way. And that's what some of us need to do. We need to start looking at ourselves in a different way. If God says you are the head and not the tail, you need to quit acting like you are the tail. You need to quit acting like you are beneath. You need to quit acting like you are a stump in the middle of the field. You are an heir of God, a joy heir with Christ Jesus you have been ordained to be the head not the tail to live above only and never beneath you are so blessed of God because when you step in the city God is going to bless you when you step in the field God is going to bless you when you step on dirt God is going to bless you and when you step in pavement God is going to bless you and I'm done let's give the Lord a big hand Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.